This podcast is rated M for Mature, Peggy 18, and R100. Everything I know, I learn from Frank Miller, and everything I do, I do as fast as flash run quarterback status, and then some. Damn the new 52, buying up every issue on DC, not exclusively what I'm into, bastards, comics with the healthy Wolverine classics. Sold down below, so anything can go. Hell be exclusively filled with past enemy. Save a And you killed your dad for the second time in hell, man. Tell me that's not badass. Man, tell me that ain't badass. It goes Batman Detective here on the dark night and robbing. I'm robbing. Stop and I'ma lose my damn mind Like Logan this time All possessed by the red right hand Fighting X-Man Storm just chilling Nemesis laughing Cyclone mentally prepares for eye blasting Novels with the graphics Picture strips See comics need to settle down Just a little bit and go back underground Life for permanent bastards Got it right though They write to keep the scene on the right track So they read stack after stack And report a back Someone gotta stab these creators in check, man. And the verdict is Jason Aaron, yeah, he's in check. Tony Daniel, yep, in check. If you read a comic, put it back. Plastic sleeve, hard cardboard back. Then in the milk crate, black. Filed alphabetically, no, seriously. Welcome to the Comic Bastards Podcast. This is episode two. I'm your host, Dustin. I am joined by my co-host with the most steve hi if you're watching us on the live stream i know you're a liar because i can see the views and it's zero currently but that's fine because we're here to do audio not so much visual as you will see if you look at our faces you'll be like "Ooh, maybe this was uh, better off air speak for yourself dustin okay just because you have sprouted facial hair once again thank christ uh this is a masterpiece, a master stroke, if you will, to some. Don't worry, it'll be trimmed up next time, Steve. No, I like it. You should just let it go. Nah. I don't nah. understand. It's not for you. It's for, it's for my child. For your child? So he can see my face and smile. I like my wife to smell my face. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was what? That was grossly inappropriate when brought up about children. Well, how do you think our children were made, Dustin? I hate to tell you this, but you put your hoo-hoo diddly into your wife's cha-cha, and then nine months later, a stork came and collected the diamonds that came out and sprinkled it onto a cabbage patch. Hoo-hoo diddly? Yeah. God, is this how you're going to tell your daughter one day? I no. hope not. No, no, no. I'm going to tell her much something much, I don't know, more mythic in scope and nature. I thought you were going to say medical for a second. And I was just like, oh, good man. And then you're like mythical. And I was like, no. I don't deal with medical. Who needs medical in this day and age? 2017, Dustin. Let's move on. Yeah, let's just all die. Let's go back to the Middle Ages. Can't afford to cure cure yourself? You just die. Steve, this week, I don't know if you heard. Mm -hmm. You think you know what I'm going to say, but you don't. Oh, you didn't know? Go on. We, as in the United States, got downgraded to a flawed democracy. 
I did not know this. By whom? Yeah. Uh, some I forgot to, you know, look at the group that did it. Um, <laughs> it's just smart people. Pretty general. much. Yeah. I know. It's it's basically a bunch of uh, like there's some lariats, some Nobel Prize winning lariats and shit in there. Uh, it's it's basically just you know like a smart person group, and they were like, yeah. And it's not because of Donald Trump. It was because we already had a system in place that allowed Donald Trump. Okay. And so they had to be like, yeah, that's a, it's a flawed democracy. So, <laughs> Y'all done fucked up. Is that what they yeah. said in their official press? Pretty release? much. So we're not even we're not even on the level of Britain or Australia anymore. We're with Italy. Ew. Yeah. Gross, guys. Yeah. That's just gross. I mean, they the mafia controls their trash. That's why there's trash everywhere. Because when the mob doesn't get paid, they don't pick up the trash, Steve. Um, pretty sure that was just Sopranos, Dustin. No, that was a real thing. They were having a problem getting the, the trash collected because of the mob. The mob was like, no, you're not paying us enough. We're not going to we're gonna let your trash sit in the, the streets. Exactly. So they let their trash sit in the streets and we put ours in the Oval Office. Thank you. The other bit of news, Steve, yeah. you already know about, and it ties directly into Watchmen. It's the Doomsday Clock. The Doomsday Clock. Moved 30 seconds closer to midnight. Okay, that had to be as a direct result of Donald Trump. That had. To oh, be. no, it was. They yeah. said it was. They were like, okay, the shit he put into play, and then the shit that the rest of the world responded to, and then Gorbachev was like, we're preparing for a world war. Yeah. And I was just like, that's probably not good when some old guy from the 80s that used to be our, our biggest, like, I don't know, what the fuck is the word? Not ally. What's the opposite of ally? Enemy? Enemy. <laughs> don't know why that word escaped me for the, a moment. The reason is because that line has been blurred so much that your enemy is now your leader, Dustin. Not that we're going to get overly political or tell you exactly how we feel, but why not? Just, we don't I mean, like this motherfucker. No, I mean, I just, I find him, I, I took to uh, Aaron's, uh, dubbing of him as President Reject, and that is what I refer to him as. Nice. In conjunction to President Racist and President Sexist, depending on what he's doing. I mean, that's true. You gotta you gotta leave your options open with this gentleman. Yeah. Uh, I know no one's here for the politics, but we're warming up. Okay, we're getting oh, to the comments. I'm fine. Look, I'm doing my stretches. He's got a giant bottle of what is that behind you? Oh, gin? that's gin. Can I just do a plug for uh, Beef Eater's gin? Look, it's all nice and frosty, just in case I need a top-up for my gin. So sometimes you're a little bit hard to handle, Dustin. So I mean, I it's just go crazy. Juice. It's crazy that it is very frosty because I saw your, your fingerprints on it. Well, listen. And that you, you have that handy. Is that like the only thing you drink aside from water? You're just like you run on water and gin? I don't really know what water is, but yeah, I mostly just drink gin, distilled, beautiful beef eaters. Now, a lot of people, I think Aaron included, would have a problem with me using beef eaters and gin, but for my tastes, I feel like it's uh, the least robust yet delicious, I guess I would say. It's fucking great in a gin and tonic, and I make great gin and tonics because, uh, by the way, everybody, first thing you got to do with the gin and tonic is freeze the goddamn gin because it doesn't freeze. It just gets super fucking cold. Gin and comics. <laughs> now they already have that podcast. It's not good. Oh, do they? Do they have that podcast already? There's some alcohol-inspired podcast. I tried listening to it. They sit there and they go around the table telling everyone what they drink. I didn't care for it. Oh. Because I don't drink. I was just like, shut up. 
Talk, talk about the books. Kind of like what people are doing right now. They're like, shut the fuck up. Doomsday clocks, gin and tonic. Okay, well, I have a point about the doomsday clock. <clears throat> Go for in, it. Uh, which I didn't realize. So uh, I was reading this article elsewhere. And you know the the part in uh, in Watchmen where Ozymandias actually wins, right? And he says, I did it. And he puts his arms up. And he goes like that in the classic pose, which looks, of course, like the doomsday clock that's clicking closer. What's interesting about that image, which I just recently learned, is in the background, of course, is um, is it Alexander and the knot that he has to, like the the untangleable knot, uh, basically like that who who inspires him, right? Like that that Mm -hmm. kind of moment because he came up and he saw this knot that couldn't be untied and he just was like, well, fuck you. And he just took his sword and chopped it. And whatever it's very Donald Trump thing to do actually but so he he saw this and and as you see Osmondeus in his hands raised in the air if you look in the background um, of that you can actually see Osmondeus being crucified because like there's a sword and a pole that are going into like his wrists or his arms so look at that scene mm. again um, if you just go and check it like you can find it in two seconds that very famous scene but it's his crucifixion which I think is so amazing. Like there are still mysteries about Watchmen, which is 30 years old this year, I think, <laughs> when it first all got collected. Um, uh, and it's, it's fucking, it's just an incredible work, um, let alone the fact that it's still relevant today with the Doomsday Clock getting ever closer to midnight, um, which is of course the, one of the main uh, visual things in that book. It's fucking yeah. insane, man. Like. And it's terrifying that we are still dealing with this and that Russia is like are on our side. Back. Kind of. Yeah, like they're kind not of really. on our side and they're not on our side. Like no, the old Soviet to... Union is on our side. Yeah. It's fucked. Anyway, but. it's enough politics. Yeah, I think yeah. Watchmen is uh, visually impressive after all these years. And some of the story part, I think, yeah, it's a little whatever's. I didn't love all of it. There's a lot of great parts to it. There's a lot and, of there's a lot of there's a lot of shit just going on in that book. There's so yeah. much going on in it, and I yeah. think it's worth a reread right now because of all of the shit. You know. Yeah, I just I just think the visuals will always be more impressive than the actual story. Just yeah. the, the hidden symbolism and all that. You know. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve. Yeah. Welcome to a segment called unpopular comic book opinions oh hello so this and, is going uh, to be this is this is uh my new favorite segment on this show okay <laughs> why is this your new favorite? because it allows you to get super super angry and i think well, that is what puts asses in seats and we'll we'll see i don't know how much rage i have right now okay. but uh here's my unpopular comic book opinion of the day steve Good i job. had to Make sure I had my word incorrect. Comic books are only surviving because of Hollywood. And because of Hollywood's interest to go a little, like just a little bit further. Okay. So, why do you feel this way? What made you feel this way? What inspired this, this, uh, this reasoning within you? And, uh, and why do you think that's true? So I don't really know what inspired it. Maybe just uh, overall, just looking at the industry and seeing how many publishers all have first look deals with studios. 
and the fact that Marvel and DC are growing ever closer to just being they're just a kind of a byproduct more of the movies. There's something that has to exist in a way so that the movies can keep being made. They're not necessarily important to the movies. Um, maybe it's just a lengthy conversation with one Kevin Beckham about the Marvel movie formula. And it got me thinking, you know, like Hollywood really kind of saved the comic book industry. There's a lot, there's a lot to this. Okay. So, we had the 90s. We had the way Marvel was doing business. It was detrimental to the industry. Then we had the way Image sprouted up from that. And they were like, hey, we learned from Marvel. We're going to do the same thing. Boom, bubble pops. Like, I hands down blame Marvel and Image hand in hand for the bubble pop because it was their business tactics that did that. Mm-hmm. Then what saved it was comic book movies, the, the new action movies. And now they just exist they're kind of like like in the early days of of hollywood books were like and i don't know you know you have to have to know your movie history but there's so many movies that are like classic movies that were actually based on a, a book and that's all they you know that's what it was that's what they used they used the book you get the script you do the do the movie you make people forget that the book exists kind of the same thing with comic books has happened in that they don't necessarily need the comic books anymore. We keep them around because, yeah, they made $4 billion last year. Um, but when you actually look at the business tactics of how they made that, it's pretty frightening. And when you see the amount of theft going on in the comic book industry still, I mean, I could probably find you seven or eight download sites right now. And that's not even going on to the, the deep web where you can just sit there and connect to other people's computers and download, you know, like, Oh, I like Nightwing. Let me just get everything Nightwing ever in about 20 minutes. <laughs> I do like, I, I, I like the idea that someone's going on the deep web to download comics and not like get guns and porn. No, there's totally like IRC channels that are totally and yeah. completely dedicated to comic book theft or as they do it, uh, preservation. You know, we're, we're preserving them in a library because these publishers will mishandle them someday or something. (laughs) I don't know. But it just got me thinking that, you know, like you look at boom, boom has a office on Fox's studio or like their lot for just the comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, They bought other publishers to get their properties so that they'd have them for the movie options. IDW is doing the same thing. Like IDW pretty much was like, Oh, we don't want any of your creator own stuff. We're doing doing licensed stuff. And then they started their own movie studio and they were like, all right, we need, we need a raw material. Essentially we need stuff to produce into films. And that's kind of what it's become. It's just, it's a rough draft in a way. And I'm not saying for every publisher. No, obviously it doesn't work for every publisher because some publishers like the book publishers or like people like Oni, they are just doing comic books. Uh, but the vast majority of them, especially the ones that people pay attention to, like even Dark Horse, how many movies has Dark Horse had in the last couple of years? A lot more than you'd expect from Dark Horse. Uh, then there's other ones that are coming out like uh even scout comics has it's a super small publisher but even they have a couple of movies going on numerous image 
properties are always in the works of some sort going to TV. I mean, Walking Dead, fuck. I mean, the only reason the Walking Dead comic exists anymore is so that people can almost read ahead on the show. And that's the only reason. It sells well, but it's it's terribly boring, especially if you've actually read all those issues. I don't know how you haven't lost your fucking mind because he just goes in the biggest fucking circle ever. Yes. Uh, okay. I want to come back to Walking Dead, but go on. Okay. No, no, that's kind of, I mean, I don't know. I need, I need you to, to talk so that I have more to. Well, I guess I have some questions. Rage against. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> rage against the machine that I will build before you. Um, do you, so you're, yes, I think I agree with you. And I think a lot of people would agree with you that Hollywood, because it's a bigger machine than comics has ever been. Um, except maybe arguably in the nineties where they were putting a lot of, um, or getting a lot of revenue. Um, they are helping the business in some sense, but is that a bad thing? A and B, uh, when it comes to walking dead, I mean, this isn't more, this isn't really a question, but when it comes to walking dead and a lot of the Marvel movies, um, especially more so than DC perhaps. Um, but the actual content between the movies and the comics are vastly different mm -hmm. um, such that like if someone who came from the movies wanted to go and check out a comic book, which is kind of what the comics, I guess, are, are saying that they want uh, from this exchange, they're not going to recognize it. Um, I, I do take your point that, um, that maybe a lot of it is sacrificed, maybe like comics have become kind of a rock draft for movies, which I mean, one that medium does lend itself to script adaptations because you've got a storyboard, right? Like that's basically yeah. what comics are. Um, but like I, I do think that a lot of people who are writing comics, except for maybe some of the big ones, like your Kelly Pseudoconics, like your Fractions and things like that, who have clearly wanted to get away from comics almost in a lot of ways and and build their empire elsewhere because they have that reputation here. Um, but I think a lot of the folks do want to stay in comics and are not necessarily trying to make that move. So going back to my original question, is it a bad thing? Um, and do you think it's hurting? Do you really do think it's hurting kind of like the imagination or the the content of the comics themselves? Uh, is it a bad thing? I think that will depend for each person on their outlook on the industry. No, it's not a bad thing per se, because it continues to make comic books. Yes, because is it making comic books? Is the question, you know, like, yeah, the people that are doing it for the love of the medium are the books that I find. I can, I can spot those fucking books. Mm. Like I enjoy those books a lot more than a, you know like here's here's a one written for the trade you know yeah. when you write for the trade i'm out when you write a story and it's just it's told in however many issues it needs to be told in cool i'm there for you but uh so i i don't know i think it's just that one's going to be more on the personal level people have to decide if it's good or bad for them i mean if you like seeing the movies no, uh, of course it's not bad. You're like, oh, cool, keep doing it. Uh, as far as what what was the other part of your question? You phrased it differently, like the uh, yeah. Well, I guess like, well, do you think it's hurting it, comics? And yeah. 
I don't think it's hurting it creativity, like the creativity of comic books. Yeah, I do think it's changed how people write and make comics. Um, and maybe maybe this just goes back to I was looking at. Uh, well, it goes back to two things. I was looking at you know a lot of the comic books I had collected, and just kind of appreciating an era in which every comic was written like it was someone's first comic book. And so you got that, like here's daredevil's entire origin type thing over and over and over. But at the same time, I was like, is that, was that a bad thing? Was that necessarily a bad thing when people started viewing it more as like, let me tell a mini, mini movie or a TV episode. And you know, Barnes and Noble is like right for the trade. And then everyone was just like, we're going to write for the fucking trade. And those trades turned into micro episodes or, and movies. You know, I think I think that was bad. I think that was bad for the industry. And the other thing I was looking at was actually uh, Deathstroke number eleven, and how Priest wrote that. And he was just like, "I'm not writing for the fucking trade. Like this is one issue. Like suck it. Like here's the story. You know? Yeah. I'm not even I'm not even gonna put Dead Deathstroke in it that much. I'm not even gonna put the Creeper in it that much. They're just on the fucking cover. And I. I Made me realize, like, you know, and then that, that goes on to Marvel because Joe Q was like, no, do iconic covers. Don't do this comic book gimmick cover where we show a cool scene on the front and then we have a variation of that within the actual pages. Mm. You know, like how they used to, like, heavily in the 90s when there was just like, these two are fucking doing shit. And then you get inside and they're like, they had tea. What the fuck? <laughs> people got all pissed because of that. But it was like, you still bought the issue. Um, well, that's that's kind of like for the 90s that's a lot of people would call that clickbait right like if you are buying something for the cover and that is not what's in the content yeah. of the book, then people are going to get pissed off at that well yeah but then they just they found a different way to do it they did the bait yeah. and switch you know so yeah. they, they did like here's the beautiful cover art and then you got inside you were like who the fuck drew this my yeah. fucking crazy drunk uncle yeah he's a really really good artist by the way he is not so. well he's an artist with his body i'll just say that okay that is definitely more accurate. That is very true. Especially when he's in a boat in his pool. I can attest to both of those things. You just ride that wave <laughs> and it is art. The that's, that's when Steve's like, I hope this pool water is actually just gin and dunks his head. I'm glad you said gin and not jizz. Yes, that's true. Well, I mean, probably. Look, the places that I frequent, I have. <laughs> then it's really good for the skin and for the soul. Makes you younger. That's I mean, science. That is true. It's that it's stem cells, isn't it? Isn't that what? It fights uh, germs of some okay. kind or something. It's healthy. It's healthy. It's, it's healthy. It's healthy. Hey, there's hey. been research done. <laughs> sure, for sure. I kind of got sidetracked with your your uh, drunk uncle's body. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I got sidetracked too. So See, bad that we can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a complicated thing. Like I don't think one industry is hurting the other. I guess. Um, no, I don't. Like I don't even 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 with all, no, but even with all of these kind of things, like we were talking about the clickbait stuff. We were talking about that was itself kind of a sidetrack. Getting into it, but. I think that we are now, audiences are now conditioned to jump into stories because as much as uh, movies have influenced comic books, like I've, been like I've talked about on the podcast before, um, comic books have definitely influenced TV and 
the narrative and even in movies, you know, we have an interconnected universe within Marvel that people are clamoring for in the DC universe um, and uh, movies. And a lot of that has to do, or takes place on their television shows. And like I said, uh, some friends of my wife's who is not into comics at all, uh, neither are her friends, understand continuity now. And they understand that if, look, if you jump in on this episode, uh, it ruins everything because it's complex. Now, obviously, that's been a part of TV for a long time. But as comic book characters, say Supergirl or Flash or what have you, I think it's a lot easier for them because that part of that has come over from comics. So I, I like I think they've both affected each other. Um, I don't know if it's negatively completely. I do think that some of it is. Uh, for example, I heard the well, I heard the example of Guardians of the Galaxy. So the I think comics folks, a lot of people uh, think that there are certain versions of the Guardians of the Galaxy that work better than others in comics, and I don't think necessarily that the movie version works well in comics. No, I think it's terrible in comics. Um, yeah, and that could be the writers, obviously. That could be the artists, although like, the arts have, art has been quite good. Um, it could be just fucking Bendis. But um, I think that you are freer to explore things in comics. and that. But that's the only kind of example that I have where it's affected them negatively, where it's really pushing, we have to get this out because we've got a movie coming out. Like, Doctor Strange has not been affected. Doctor Strange, I think, in my own opinion, I, don't, I know you don't like Jason Aaron, but continues to be a really, really great series. Without that movie, how many ongoing series of Doctor Strange can you think of? And minus the, the current one. Minus the current one? Minus the current one. Well, the, I mean, the current one, I have to say, was only greenlit because of the movie. Now, granted, they got a writer that's popular in the industry. That helps always... How many other ongoing Doctor Strange series can you think of? Well, there have been quite a few. Ongoing? I can name like 18 miniseries. That oh, were yeah, intentionally miniseries. Yeah, miniseries. No, that's just like, hey, we gave someone six issues to try to get Doctor Strange popular again. I mean, fair. But like, and, but that's, that doesn't really bother me. Um, because what that did was yield a really good comic book. Like, and b besides, like this, I think uh, the new Doctor Strange book has been out since long before the movie ever was in anybody's eyes, really. I mean, I think it had been announced, but Bing, to there you it, go. Yeah, sure. But if that helps get good comic books, then I'm totally okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, the sure, I didn't really like the Doctor Strange movie. I thought it was kind of boring. And like we talked about before, um, really, really telling of the Marvel style that you and Kevin were talking about. To such a degree, I was like, fuck, whatever. But it gave us a really good comic, um, I think, in my, my personal opinion. Um, so I don't really mind that. I, don't, I, I, like, I don't think that that's... Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily go against what I was saying of that they're surviving in, because... A large part, and I'm not saying it's all just Hollywood, but I think a lot of it is Hollywood. I think more than anyone wants to really think and admit is Hollywood. I mean, because if you look at everything else, all the tactics that they use, all the marketing, all the sales gimmicks, it's all just the same shit that they were that they've been doing since the '90s. Um, you know, when you like, in Marvel's notorious for it. IDW's notorious for it. When you make a store buy x amount of books to get a variant that pays for all those books essentially 
and then they sit on the rest of them because they have one person that collects a variant and that will pay that. Basically, that one person's paying for the rest of those books in the shop. And yeah, they might sell some, but that's a that's not only a dangerous tactic, but that's a very common one. Like it it is the way Marvel maintains a 40% share. They're not moving as many as people think. And a lot of it is digital. That is actually like people are moving. Like I, you know, having sold my comic book collection, I'm just going to go digital now. Like I have zero interest in getting a bunch of more comic book boxes because it's just going to make me cry, first of all. And second of all, I don't want to come up against the same problem. You know, like that was a joy when I was a single man on my own and willing to move a shitload of boxes by myself. But now I live up a bunch of stairs and I have to, you know, watch a child while I do this or trust someone else to move my shit. And that's not going to happen. So <laughs> basically what you're saying is you're getting old crotchety. Yeah. And I don't like lifting up. heavy things. I mean, fair other than my dick. Wow. There it is. Everybody. You know, I mean, that's, first- real dick reference i mean we talked about jizz but and my ass but you know whatever dick and ass dick and ass that's it <laughs> good night everybody no yeah, uh, thanks for coming oh literally all zero of you um just to give a viewer count steve still at zero if this was a fundraiser we would be in the red i like it look you gotta like the groundwork this is this is uh this is fine for me that's I'm, okay fine. That. I'm just treating it like audio, which is why I keep looking at the square down there where you are. Oh, I'm thanks for calling me a square, my... dick. You go to a little square. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, you can't, well, you I mean, can't you are see square. my beautiful visage? I mean, now you're a rectangle. Now oh. you're square. Yay. Oh, rectangle. man, I'm all the shapes. Square. Rectangle. And shapely. Square. Like it, just goes, it switches when we talk. Oh, okay. Anyway, no one cares about that. But... um <laughs> I, it, it's interesting though, like because you talked about IDW and some of the smaller ones, and I think that a lot of these guys have to stay alive because either um, they do licensing, they do branding uh, of certain properties, or because they have to get that interest um, through Hollywood and things like that. Like I know IDW has uh, its own multimedia branch; so it's got its own division basically and yeah. a lot of these places do like i think boom does, does as well um and yeah, they, they all do yeah, yeah and they all do. this is the thing like i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because it's also potentially giving smaller writers and creative teams more exposure as long as they're not just teaching towards the test so to speak like if they're not just doing it so it'll become a movie but rather that their story will have more exposure to the outside world. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I don't think you do either. Yeah. Um, that's, I'm just, a, this is just an unpopular opinion, yeah, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So there's no right and wrong. Although I thought you would rebuke me more, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> no, because I understand. And I uh, like to look at both sides of the equation. I like to look at your dick and your ass. I mean, come on. I mean, we did one. We don't need what? to come back to it. We can't. Oh, is that, is that, that's the line? Soon. It was too soon. Why? You didn't even let it simmer, Steve. You were just like, ah, burnt my tongue. Yeah, exactly. Burnt my tongue. Like, in your... I'm done. I'm not even going to finish that. You shouldn't. That's that going back to it again. That's not learning your lesson and burning your tongue again. All in your ass. See, I can't help myself. Can't I wasn't setting it. you up. I wasn't setting you up. Well, maybe if you did. Well, that's my unpopular comic book i like it 
I want to hear uh, if anybody is listening to this uh, within the sounds of the dulcet tones of my voice. I want to hear other like unpopular opinions in comic books uh, oh. or about comic books. And it's going to be a recurring set. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm looking forward to it. I've I've certainly got my own that I think will really piss people off. Um, That's but, kind of the goal. I mean, because yeah. even just to just to go back to it for a second because any even the stuff you said where you said it was well, not necessarily bad none of it of what you said actually disproved what i said was wrong or like was was a false opinion no you know like idw exists because they bought a bunch of licenses from hollywood slash toy machines you know like they produce comic books because they they got a toy license um you know, like, how does that not prove that their entire survival is based on Hollywood? So, well, yeah, I mean, it's because you can't, you have to diversify in any kind of business, though. And you yeah. can't, like, like you said, nobody really wants to go and get floppies anymore. No one wants to get the monthlies because who has the time? And the people who buy them, for the most part, buy comic books are you're in my age, right? Like, they're yeah. the new kind of like, we would we would be in the, in wrestling terms we'd be in the the prime money you know yeah exactly we have the money and it's a hobby that we love and that we've always done and so we're just we're willing to spend the cash on it exactly now the problem where I agree with you is that I d again don't think that a lot of the movies or even TV so well The Walking Dead maybe other than giving as I mentioned before people more of an idea of what the narratives use or the tricks that they they use like the continuity. I don't think they're actually drawing many eyeballs to the comic book product itself, such that like we're a graying kind of market. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think that people aren't spending. So I think that's probably the only way they can stay alive. <laughs> like I don't disagree with you. I, I kind of, I don't know, I feel terrible that it's happening in many ways because you know, your kid, my kid won't have the same kind of experience with these things, but they'll have some whole, whole new experience, I guess. I mean, and that's the thing is like, I'm not saying comics are dead. Like yeah. they're just, they're dwindling and they've been dwindling. You know, yeah. I mean like in Finland or some shit, they could sell like 125,000 copies of Donald Duck a week. Uh, that's a lot more than <laughs> a lot of American comic books get sold in a month. So yes. it's just, whatever it is i i think it's uh it's a lot of it is just the marketing and the price you know like they like i said they're using the same marketing tactic tactics they have in the 90s mm -hmm. um just putting a word and promoting you know a new title doesn't do anything all you're doing is just kind of giving comic book sites a news story it's not getting no one's going to be like oh my god they put extraordinary in a different font oh and be like i'm buying that book no like that's not marketing that's just i mean that's like a twitter <laughs> post like that's that's what that is you know yeah that's typography let's be honest yeah, yeah exactly so i don't know it's uh yeah it's it's, the, it's just it's dwindling there's nothing the union, you know yeah. i suppose in many ways, which is crumbling too. <laughs> yeah, Steve, we're not doing politics anymore. Uh, that was the warm up. Sorry. Sorry. Can't Steve, yes. Welcome to a segment we like to call 
the best book I read this week, the worst book I read this week. Yeah. We're going to switch it up and you're going to do the best book you read this week. Am I going to take so the worst book? We're going to leave people on a bad note. I mean, I guess yeah. I could go first, but I kind of have talked like this entire podcast. I think people are like, let that other guy talk. Look, I'm just the face of this operation, Dustin. I am just the beautiful visage that everybody comes. That's true. Next on. time I'll be wearing a bag. I mean, I guess you could. You mean just a bag? Like no clothes and just a bag? No, a bag over my head. Like a Saints fan. Oh, wait, well. Or a Browns fan. Oh, okay. That's true. Okay, well, I could wrap a, ra- a flag around your head and do it for the country. I mean, that's... See what I mean? That's what you do for Butterface. visual imagery is too much for me right now. Well, okay, well. I don't mean to get you too aroused. So, <laughs> I will go first. We will we will tease everybody with a pleasant reminder of why comics are good, switching gears, and then you will just grab them by the the, the genitalia and Jugular. Just drag them. Well, okay, and then drag them. I don't uh, touch people's junk, Steve. Not for free. Not and for not free, for, and not for money. It's got to okay. be a loving, long relationship. Wow, monogamy. 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 I, like no, I said monogamous. Oh, the well, relationship. Yeah, I know. It was probably grammatically incorrect, but that's fine. No, I enjoy it. So, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this, but you and I have discussed uh, this new imprint and how, when it first came out, we were very impressed with it. It's DC's Young Animal. Oh. Are you continuing to read any of the the Young Animal titles? Uh, I'm I'm behind on this week's Doom Patrol which I okay. believe is what you're going to be talking about. I am. Uh, I have been keeping up with Shade the Changing Girl. Um, I gave up on the... What was that one? No, Mother Panic or some Me shit? Me too. I gave up on that like after the first issue. That was also Gerard Way. Oh, no, was it Gerard Way? No, the, he... That no. was... Um, Humphreys? No. No, it wasn't Humphreys. It was a woman. And I cannot remember her name. I'll look it up. Um, it, it was the only one that I was like, why is this on this imprint? This has no similarity in the vibe or anything. Like it was set in the Batman universe. I was like, no, that doesn't fucking work for this. Like the last thing I want is a young animal book set in the Batman universe. Or yeah. Like section I... of the, the fucking whatever. Um, it was just... I don't know. And it even felt like the character even felt like a knockoff Batman character. It's totally a knockoff Batman. It's written by Jody Hauser uh, with art by Tom Lee Edwards, by the way. Yeah. I really like, like the aesthetics of it looked super fucking cool. Yeah. I like, like the art. I just yeah. can't get shits about the story. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm not into Josie Hauser's writing. I keep reading her like different stuff at different publishers and it's all just the same to me. Or I just, I'm like, this isn't for me. I don't, I don't yeah. like your, like it's just something about her writing voice i just can't get into it and, you know that's like and it has nothing to do with her gender because i can name like five male writers off the top of my head steve named one of them sam humphreys can't get into that guy's work either um yeah so. hit or miss that guy with me um yeah, all misses with me <laughs> so. that's fair that's fair uh, I will say that he and venditti have turned around green lantern a little bit for me recently and I'm very happy because I thought they were shitting all over that property for a very long time. And Green I think Lanterns they... or Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps? Well, both, actually. Because the the like the Green Lanterns, I mean, it's still kind of a plotting book, but I just read this the week, uh, the issue for this coming week, I think, or last issue. 
Um, and it was okay. It was like the team that the Batman. It was all right, whatever. Um, and then Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is fun, and it's got Ethan Van Skyver art, so that's kind of cool. Um, but regardless, they're better than they have been for a very long time, which isn't saying much, but still. Um, <laughs> I do think that the the bright, shiny beacon in this young animal stuff, you mentioned Shade the Changing Girl. It's okay. I don't really like it that much. Like, a lot of people swear by that book. I think it's all right. But Doom Patrol has been consistently really good for me. I think this is the this is the reason that Young Animal exists. I think that Gerard Way really wanted to write a Doom Patrol book. Yeah. Um, like to follow up on Grant Morrison, who he clearly has a lot of respect for. Um, and, and this is, book... And isn't friends with him, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, something we'll talk about probably at a later date. But... Doom Patrol has been really good. Well, about friends and business and comics and stuff like that. I think we'll gotcha. Doom oh, Patrol, he's yeah. teasing a future. I am. I'm just future opinion. <laughs> yeah, a future not uh, not popular opinion in comics. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into it too much. What this book is about because you haven't read it yet, and I don't think a lot of people have yet. I believe. Yeah, fuck it. Just go for it. Well, it's also a difficult book to spoil because there's a lot of weird shit that's going on in this um as per usual as per usual uh it kind of frames it with um the with the lead character so far the bus the ambulance driver's partner um and his personal life with his apparently satanic son there's a little there are hints of these kind of weird shits going on um which will eventually converge there's also robot man and negative man um who are like in this in the negative dimension kind of thing and they're on trial and all this stuff is is happening where he actually will i guess absorb the powers of the negative zone or whatever and become the the hero that we have all known him to be in in um in doom patrol comics but the most interesting part of it for me is the danny the street part um and in, in the last issue like there's something that I have with sentient places, like, or sentient abstract ideas, like mm-hmm. anything from Mogo to Danny the Street to um, there's a Green Lantern who's a sentient mathematical mathematical equation. I just think that's great. Like, I think that's so fucking strange and weird that that's that's cool. Danny the Street is one of those things that I really really like. Um, obviously, he is a sentient street who, in this run of Doom Patrol becomes a sentient i guess city or reality dimension almost theme park a theme park it's expressed as a theme park but like he kind of is his own reality in many mm-hmm. ways um he's like the moon from futurama yeah kind of actually that's a good point um and it's very it's very much like that and and an aspect of him is the main character who he kind of sends out into the world, speaking of messianic uh, symbolism, like sending this person, this part of you out into the world to represent you, Jesus. Um, and it's just so fucking... <laughs> In case you're listening. <laughs> it's just so fucking strange to me. And it's so great and so creative and so imaginative that it, this is definitely a sequel to Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run. Um, and it takes all of those ideas and just makes them super fucking fun. And over 
everything else, this is an adventure through uh, inter like interdimensional adventure through space. Uh, soon it'll be through time because they're taking Danny the ambulance, who is another aspect of Danny, and going to go through time, um, which is why he needs to reabsorb the kind of her aspect of it. And if you haven't read Doom Patrol number three, which is her secret origins, go and read that because that is a perfect fucking comic book. Um, I've actually got a, a page in it as my my Twitter uh, cover or whatever, and it's it's perfect because, and I think the series as a whole plays with the idea of comics, not in a pretentious way or not in a, Hey, look what we're doing over here. It just really enjoys the comic book space and the, and the, the freedom that in movies you're not going to be able to explore. And I think this is maybe could become a movie, but I don't think they ever would make it a movie. And Gerard way does not write. Suck. Yeah, it would. Gerard way does not write comics for movies, I think. And this is certainly an example of that. Um, so going back to that point, um, and it, it's again, it's all just super fucking strange, and I don't even really want to talk about it other than Danny the Street gets his crew together, um, the Doom Patrol are kind of dotted around reality and are going to, as I said before, converge at some point. Um, and then we get a glimpse of the main enemy at the end of this, um, and it's great. You, you also get kind of a background of why Danny the Street is where he is, and he kind of distilled himself down into a brick and went... Um, like flying through the universe on a rainbow trail kind of thing. Really fucking strange. But it's really great. And I think this is the kind of no-holds-barred, uh, uncensored creativity that you would want in Vertigo and that has now been taken by Young Animal. And they've been doing a really good job with it because they don't hold back. And I fucking love that. They don't hold back more so than the independent publishers. Like, I feel like Boom and a lot of the ones that we've already mentioned, even Oni, like Oni, the last one that did anything like this, uh, the last book that they did was the auteur. And that just had no fucking, they were holding nothing back, but now everybody is really consumed with being nice and having a good message to put out, put out there, which is going to be my comic book, uh, unpopular opinion. Stop fucking, I'm, you got to tease. We're not talking about them. You got to tease. We don't uh, even know when we'll be back with that. Well, still, wait for four it, months. Everybody. Wait for it. Um, and I, th that's why I really enjoy comics like this that use the medium because there are no restraints, there are no boundaries, and good for DC for doing this. Like, good for fucking you. Uh, Marvel, you could take a page out of this book quite literally. Um, so if you haven't been reading Doom Patrol and you want just a weird fucking bonkers story that's super fun, lots of action, fantastic art, um, I just closed it, but I want to mention the artist here as well, if I can. Um, Nick Darrington, I think, is the artist on this. Yeah. So he did the artist and the cover, and it's super great. Colors is <coughs> Tamara Bonvillain, or Bonvillain. I don't know how you say that. Well, I think it's Bonvillain. Um, really, really great stuff. Uh, go check it out for something that's outside of most people's wheelhouse when it comes to comics. So, yeah. That was that's... The that's Huh? Go ahead, Steve. Say it. No, that's the that's the best thing I read this week. Um, that was that was what I wanted you to say, and you were like, "No, no, no." I'm just gonna say what I wanted you. I to just said it anyway. Say. Again, like your uncle, I said it with my body. So, Dustin, what was the worst thing you read this week? <sighs> Steve, hold on. Let me pour myself a gin. I mean, I know what you thought I was gonna say because you kind of already told me. I did. You, you thought I was gonna gonna say wwe number one 
That's it. And that's pretty bad. But I don't even think it, it's so bad. I don't even know if I need to talk about it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I was going to talk about G.I. Joe number two. Maybe. Mm. Mm. That was equally a terrible comic book. <laughs> and maybe this is a few weeks old and no one will give a fuck. But Whoa. what I'm actually going to talk about is U.S. Avengers. Okay. Good deal. I'm happy. All right. Where where people probably didn't expect me to talk about a Marvel book. I definitely didn't. And if this is the state of the Marvel Union, oh my God, I'm so glad I stopped reading Marvel. <laughs> First of all, mm-hmm. who who wrote this piece of shit? That would be uh, uh, what's his tits? Al Al Ewing. Al Ewing, yeah. Al Ewing, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, thank God Bendis and 900 other art writers already wrote how to put a team together in an interesting way, I guess, because this is the exact same formula. Do you like they even talk about it. They're like, oh, do your little like talk to the camera thing while we show what you do and stuff in the background and then people can relate to you. And then they basically reveal that they're intentionally doing that because fucking was it Sunspot? Is that which mm-hmm. guy this is? Is running some? He's running AIM, and he tried to rename AIM, and it just was like, this is shit on so many levels. I was like, just get me to that Red Hulk in the fucking shorts and holding the fucking thing and the the handlebar mustache. And then when I saw who it was, it was in that like anyone could be a Hulk now. It doesn't even matter. They're just like, I got an hour of Hulk time. I was like, oh my god. You just literally like you got an hour of Hulk time. Really? That's a thing. That's just a thing now. <sighs> that's a thing. That's it. That's all this issue does. They just talk. And whoever, I don't even know what her stupid name is, Patriot or something. Oh, why the Iron is, Patriot. Yeah. What, yeah. Why is her armor like make her 900 feet tall? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Well, except for the helmet. Except for the helmet. Yeah. I mean, we are also fans of like, you know, things like Gundam and shit too, though, right? So. Yeah, except for when I look at the cover and she looks like a child's head poking out of a body. Oh. No, that's, I mean, Gundam, they're in the chest cavity and that makes sense. It's an exosuit type deal. When you just have like your head poking out of a nine foot tall robot body i'm just like is that just a head on robot what is this what's it going is. on here yeah uh the squirrel girl part could go to hell so quickly i mean i was just like please just die i mean do you die in the first mission i would love that oh god that how beautiful how beautiful would that have been if she just got like aired out that would be yeah. fucking fantastic um i mean there's just there's no originality to this story at all and just haven't like the aim thing and the crazy volcano cult or whatever they're fighting seemed a bit like hey i remember warren ellis's uh agents of hate or whatever the fuck that book was called yeah uh because that was it that's all it seemed like they were trying to do um it does feel very next wavey actually yeah, next wave. There we go. But yeah, like, I mean, like that's good. it. <laughs> not in a good way. In a way that just ugh. And then the female Captain America that no one felt the need to explain. Like that was some sort of cliffhanger. 
uh, the gold skull, the skullocracy. I was just like, this all sucks. Why is that asshole dressed like a pirate? This isn't even funny, bad. This is just like someone thought this would be funny. And I think that's sadder than if it were funny. Um, yeah. It was just like, there's no pacing because it's just trying to do these mock little interview things. And then when it reveals, and then Squirrel Girl has a squirrel army. And I was just like, there's. Th- does she have the entire population of flying squirrels? Yeah. Uh, because she's going to put them on the extinct list if she uses them that much. She she is throwing them literally in front of bullets. Yeah. They're kamikaze bombers for the they most are. part. They are. They are. They are terrorist bombers. They are. Yeah. It's, there's just absolutely nothing to enjoy the art was good oh big surprise it's marvel they can afford fucking artists like (laughs) like that doesn't excuse a bad comic book anymore there's a lot of great art out there i mean it's a visual fucking medium i'm more surprised if marvel had a book with bad art because they have a just a pool of artists they're just like you're doing these issues get to work now you're doing these issues do get to work now like they're not even on a three month cycle anymore. They're like on a six to eight month cycle where this shit's done before they even solicit it half the time. Um, but the writing, oh my God, it was just generic. Everything was generic. Uh, the characters had no personality. They were just like, here's my origin story for you. Is this interesting still? It wasn't in the early 2000s. I don't know why it would be in 2017, but hey, fucking, you know, we got 17 years. <laughs> I guess we'll just keep trying. Maybe when we hit that 20 threshold, it'll be like, oh, that's so clever that they do that. They used to do that constantly. It seemed like they never stopped. But it's been 20 years, so my memory's fuzzy. Yeah. And my Uh, words are jabber-jibbering out of my mouth. (laughs) Jabber-jibbering. Yeah. Like, he... People have compared him to... uh, Like, he took over the New Avengers book, which this used to be, basically. He took over that from Hickman. And now he's also doing the Ultimates book. And I think a lot of people compare him to a low church or a low rent Jonathan Hickman, which is insulting. Um, I mean, he's not even, and I'm not a big Hickman fan, but he's not anywhere in the same ballpark. No, he's not. And he can't even get two characters to sound differently. Correct. Which people have said about Hickman as well. But like, I definitely agree with you. I think that this is just, Everything that is, because I read this issue as well, this is like everything that Marvel wants to be. It hits on a lot of notes of inclusion in comic books. It's got Squirrel Girl, even though she's rendered almost immediately ineffectual when the Hulk just goes through. And they even say, they're like, well, what are we going to do for the next 59 minutes? Because he just did everything by himself. We are completely useless. Why are we on this fucking team? We don't know either because y'all are a bunch of dumb assholes um the second issue is marginally better and it does explain some of the stuff but only because they don't talk about the team almost at all um the golden skull is kind of interesting to me just aesthetically because he's a pirate with the gold skull and that's weird enough for it to intrigue me but marvel doesn't know how to do villains so well that well who who are any of their villains what do you mean they fight themselves out the sun no, no, you can name me all the villains. Who are the ones actually doing shit? Yeah, um, I was going to say Dr. Doom, but technically he's a hero right now, so what the fuck do I know? Um, yeah, it's a good point. 
Thanos, Thanos' son? Like, that's it. Well, okay, like, give me the Thanos storyline. Until we actually put him in the movie, just keep using Thanos, further proving Dustin's point from before. <laughs> I will say I will always take a Thanos book, though, even if it's mediocre at best currently. Um, I mean, they've all been really bad lately. Yes, they have. But Remember that I one where he's killing all those lizards, Steve? Yeah. Just kill a lot of lizards. Well. And then uh, he just plowed a lot of pussy. And then yeah. he went and he killed all of his children. Yeah, uh, that's what you do, right? <laughs> All because he wanted some untouched death pussy. Yeah. Untouched but death pussy is also the name of my post-punk band. I mean, you guys, are you doing a free beer at a show? Because I don't yeah. think well, you're going to have a lot of people in there otherwise. What? Why? You wouldn't go see untouched death pussy? Was that what Probably you said? Probably not. Okay, untouched well. death pussy. You, this, that should be the name of the podcast. No one's going to subscribe to that. What? I mean, not that anyone's subscribing to this right away, but exactly. Yeah. So let's just go for it. I say we just that, gotta lean that into could be it. the subtitle. We're leaning in, yeah. Untouched Death Pussy, Comic Bastard. Welcome to Comic Bastard Podcast, Undead Dead Un- Untouched Death Pussy. Undead touched pussy. I like it. Dead no. That one doesn't have the same ring to it. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Then it starts to get into like we're getting categorized weird. So that's I mean, that's fair. But like hmm, someone moved our categorization. Was that Apple? Weird. <laughs> How strange. Why are um, we on the uh, weird sodomy, uh, dead sodomy one? Hmm. Sodomy lobotomy. Anyway. But I agree with you. This is this is a really a lost opportunity because back when they first announced this, I think we were talking about it. And we were kind of like, yeah, this did. looks ridiculous and kind of great, except for Squirrel Girl. Um, yeah. Mostly because of the mustachioed Hulk. Um, but they shot the bed. because of him and like just put him and Cannonball on a team. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Like just have them do that. That's yeah. it. Cannonball's just bouncing around. He's just like, are you ready to smashy smash it yet? And he's just like drinking fucking whiskey and a stove. He's like, nah. <laughs> and you look at they show his wrist and it says smash time and set it for like five minutes. But he's just fuck with Cannonball and just like, you just keep getting them ball. <laughs> don't call me just ball. You call me Cannonball. Otherwise, people get the wrong idea. You go get him, ball, and he's just like, "I hate you when you drink." You remind me of my dad. <laughs> that would, oh my god, where's that book, Dustin? Jesus, <laughs> they'll never do that, but that's what they should do. For all these, like Marvel wants to be, you know, like the movies have the jokes and the seriousness all wrapped into every fucking book, and you just can't do that. You got to have just a here's our goofball line where we just put two fucking jackasses together. We called it a team up thing, and that's it. You just make it fun as fuck. And it not actually affect the continuity, but still somehow be in continuity. But like, who kids a fuck anymore? Well, but see, this is what they do with books like Squirrel Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl or whatever. And they, they do those, like that aspect of fun is not balls to the wall, uh, like either Doom Patrol or like what you just said. Like, it is all that kind of family-friendly bullshit fun where everybody has a good message at the end. And Yeah, it's you know, Adventure Time fun, and I don't... exactly give a fuck about that <laughs> no and like i was saying before like that's not really our demographic like i really do i was thinking about today not to go off on a little tangent here like how many people actually that are children watch like things like steven universe and adventure time versus how many adults watch that and i think we've we've kind of talked about this kind of thing before um but if the people who are paying for your product are the ones that you are not reaching <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. So, anyway, 
I, I don't know. This seems like it would have been a great idea, but has just been wasted on Al Ewing, I guess. Nothing against the guy. I'm sure he's fine, but and he, he has written some good issues. Like, there have been good issues of Ultimates, um, but I think his concepts get away from him, unfortunately. Sounds got to shine on a dog's ass someday, Steve. I don't know what that means, but whatever every, you're into, Dustin. Every dog... Cool. Sun on their ass one time or another. <laughs> every dog has my son on their ass every once in a while. Is that what you said? Every son yeah, gets every the shine on every dog's ass here, there, and once in a while. Why would you want to shine the sun on a dog's ass? Like bleaching? You could just get some product. Are you bleaching your dog's ass? Every dog's ass. Right. Needs sun. Right. To beam down upon it. Okay. Once in a while. Are you talking about sun-kissed? Yes. Okay. No. All of those and more. Oh. Whatever the actual phrase is, we'll never know. No, we'll never know because it's been lost to time. It's been lost in my jumbled mess of a brain. <laughs> uh, your brain should be on the U.S. Avengers. I mean, I would just kill half the team off instantly. I would love that. It I would, would like to see... Cannonball and Hulk fighting fucking trolls in the forest for like 15 issues. And you would be like, uh, you'd be like a floating brain in a jar with little rocket packs. I'd be the narrator the entire time. You'd be the narrator. And like, you'd, you'd just have like a ghetto blaster, like as part of your, as part of your like jar thing. And you'd play Panama by uh, Van Halen, but you would sing Cannonball like while he's doing all of this stuff. And they'd be like, I mean, I think I would be a brain in a jar with a gun. And then when they got mouthy, I would just point the gun at them. Wow. And if I got depressed, I'd point at me. They'd be like, no, come on, Dustin's brain. Don't do it. And I'd be like, fuck it, do it. I'm so tired of this shit. You tell Hulk to stop eating my rations. They're like, you're just a brain in a jar. You can't eat any Snickers. We're living off of bullshit out here. I ate all of Squirrel Girl's squirrels. Wow. And her left leg, she tasted disgusting and gamey. I bet she would be quite gamey. She would. Yeah. Her name's fucking Squirrel Girl. Of course she's going to be gamey. I guess. What do you think her bush is like? Out of control? She probably got some, yeah, she probably got some squirrels living down there and shit. It's probably mm. weird. I think I it's just very saying. verdant. I'll say that. Like, it's probably quite... There's quite a lot of plumage. But and that's fair. That's fine. I don't mind it actually. I don't mind a little bit. I don't mind it. It's just more of the squirrel activity that would uh, that would uh, keep me away. Well, like, I don't want to be finding like a squirrel turd down there. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying know. she might not be hygienic. I think that's probably true. She yeah, does squirrels hang out with have rabies. That's yeah. also true. Yeah. Actually, I bet that she's got like mad dingleberries. Do you think that's? Oh what, yeah, she's got like, front berries too. Front front berries. What are front? Yeah, berries? in the bush. Well, yeah, she got them. That's a dingleberry. Behind. Like that's no, a dingleberry is in the back for um, at least for a man. It's a dingleberry hangs from the butt. It's poop, cot, and butt hair. I okay, understand so what a dingleberry. I is didn't want to get medical dare. on you, but you made you. me. That's why I said to be a frontberry or whatever that is. You know what? This is our last episode of the podcast that you would cast such aspersions upon me that I do not know what a dingleberry is, sir. Side note. Yeah. Do you know why there's so many squirrels in the parks? Why? Because Teddy Roosevelt knew people would find them adorable 
And so he reestablished squirrels in the parks so that people would go visit the parks and see the funny squirrels and have a good time. And he was right. So every time you see a squirrel in a park, Teddy Bo was about. Okay. So he was, he was the original squirrel girl is what you're telling me. Teddy he Roosevelt. was, and he was the best and only an original. See, why don't they have him on the U.S. Avengers? What the fuck? That would be a great idea. If he comes in, all right, listen, Al Ewing, listen. No, no, no. Yeah. He doesn't get that. He's not. He's going to fuck on. it up. Just hold on. Hold on. I know. It's yeah, probably my brain in a jar. Teddy yeah. Roosevelt, Cannibal, yes. and the Hulk. Only now Wait, he gets okay. two hours because I want him to be bored for two hours and 59 minutes. Every no, time. hold on. We got to we gotta get the original Thunderbolt Ross as the Red Hulk. We have to have him in. We have no, to have him. Loeb fucked him up too much. I can't, I can't do it. No, he'd right. be too much of a peckerhead, and then you wouldn't like him because he'd just be all peckerhead all the time. Okay, you make a good point there. You do need someone who is just like balls to the wall, super Republican, all American, to be the Red Hulk. It doesn't matter. They're fighting trolls, and I'm putting a gun on I myself all the time. I know, but this, this is the kind of parody that you have to have with this person. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt's always praying over trees when they knock him down. He's just like, "Why do you hate the trees, Cannonball?" He's like, "Damn it, Teddy! I told you." collateral damage man collateral damage he's like this tree was 300 years old you motherfucker he's like ah, this is gonna be a thing teddy every time every I, time i don't think i got US. like 17 more trees i knocked out wow he's just cannonballs got a thing for trees that's meanwhile cool. hulk is just like rubbing his back on one and he's just yeah. like don't do that hulk that's disrespectful and he's just like fuck you i'm baloo right now <laughs> <laughs> for the bad necessity. He's like, none of you will touch my back. He's like, you don't wash. I bet he's got some serious acne going on back there. Like, back knee, for sure. Oh, yeah. Especially when he hulks out. Like, ooh, that, why do you think there's only front shots? Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. There's a giant, like, yellow, white, pussy thing. All right, man. They get all hulked out and stuff. Oh. And that's a secret uh. weapon. He pops those and he just into a troll's eye. And it's, uh. just, it's just acid. Uh. Uh, they just, uh, the trolls just die. Uh, I've got the spins. I got the spins. All right. Okay. Woo! I'd read that book. I would read that book too, actually. But unfortunately, I read U.S. Avengers number one, and it was the worst book I read this week. So, so are you gonna stick with it? You're gonna stick with the worst book? Thank you. Are. Uh, I do have the second. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mean the second issue? I have a second issue that I'll read. Read it. I will probably never discuss it again, though. <laughs> we'll or never admit to reading this. a Marvel book. So I mean, that's probably a good thing. Just read the goddamn good Marvel books, Dustin. How many times do I have to tell you? Uh, if I could find one, I would. I keep so, looking, Steve. You don't so listen it's, to your it's good It's a lonely Steve. trail. She lives a lonely life. She lives a lonely life. If anything, Ace of Base taught us that much. What a weird Ace of Base reference to go out on. But that is it. This is the Comic Bastards podcast. We thank you for listening. I thank you for watching, but I guess you'll watch this in the future because you weren't here with us. And that's okay. We'll that's keep okay. trying this because obviously it's the second go around. Hopefully you're enjoying the new version, new fresh coat of paint. You can keep saying, I saw a lot of people that were, they wanted to say the M and the F. That's fine. No you want to keep calling us Comic Bastards motherfucking podcast? You do that. You just won't see it labeled as that, and that's okay with me too, because I'm like the labels. guy labeling it. 
Yeah. And well, like literally he's got a label maker and he goes all over the place with this thing. I Great. do. Yeah. But that'll do it for me, Steve. Do you have any, uh, anything you want to leave out on? Uh, only that I love you all and I want you inside me. <laughs> That's what I get for awkwardly putting him on the closing, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. You don't see this at every university. Penn State students know her as the Squirrel Whisperer, or even Squirrel Girl, which suits Mary Krupa just fine. Because everybody loves squirrels. The Penn State senior is skilled at putting tiny hats on the ubiquitous rodents that live on campus and coaxing them to hold miniature props. It's nice to make something and see that people like it, but I didn't think it would last this long or become this popular. Come here, buddy. Krupa's been interacting with the wild gray squirrel since her first week on campus. At the time, Penn State was reeling from the Jerry Sandusky sexual abuse scandal. Everyone was just really down in the dumps, and I figured that Penn State needed something good to, you know, take their mind off things, cheer up. And so I started posting these pictures on Facebook, and Sneezy kind of became a little unofficial mascot. Sneezy the Penn State squirrel was an overnight sensation. A squirrel supermodel attracting worldwide attention. Check out Sneezy pushing a tiny shopping cart. Sneezy holding a jack-o'-lantern. Sneezy drinking tea and rooting for the home team. As Sneezy's fame grew, so did Krupa's. I honestly knew who she was before I even got to Penn State because my older sisters went here and they told me about her. So my mom knows who she is, like I think everybody does. She's an unlikely celebrity. Diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, a mild form of autism, Krupa was a loner in high school. There's one. She says the squirrels have helped her come out of her shell. The squirrel's actually a good way to break the ice because I'll be like sitting here patting a squirrel and other people will come over and we'll just start like feeding the squirrels together and chatting about them. Krupa has been bitten twice and experts don't recommend touching wild animals. She plans to stay in the area after graduating next month. Ready to welcome the next class of Penn State squirrels. Michael Rubencam, Associated Press, State College, Pennsylvania.